Hello, I'm the Pink Phantom, and this is my podcast. Join me as I delve into the world of games and gaming, and especially old school RPGs. Together, let's voyage into the astral realm and check out my Phantom Call. Hello, everyone. As you may be able to see on your podcatcher of choice, if you check such things, this podcast is a little shorter than some of the recent ones have been. Uh, no muster, no tales of the dragon slayers. Just the, the weekend where I usually prepare a lot of this stuff. I was, well, I was actually busy with <laughs> the tales of the dragon slayer stuff. It just took a lot more time than it usually does. But uh, it will. All of that will continue in the next podcast. Uh, I got three calls this week, uh, which is you know counts as a call in bonanza for me. Uh, Daniel and Merck the Meek and Jason all called in. They all have their own podcasts. They're all very good. Links to those are in the show notes as well. Uh, Jason's is the Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Daniel is the Bandits Keep Podcast. And Merck's is the Merck the Meek Podcast. So a lot of variety there. Some good stuff. I advise you to really check those out. And uh, we're going to get to the calls now. We're going to start off with Merck. Hey, Pink Phantom. It's Merck. It's funny how often uh, Collins stir me up to want to call in as well. I did appreciate your, your randomly rolling the gods. That was pretty interesting. I wasn't at a, uh, I didn't have an opportunity to call in and then I forgot about it. But yeah, that's cool. And, and the Oracle talk is nice too. I figured I'd just throw uh, what I do in the mix as well. Get your feedback on that and anybody else calling in. But um, I roll a, a D6 die and a fudge die. So, you know, for a yes or no answer, one through three, no, four through six is yes. And then the plus or minus is, you know, your yes and or yes but uh, twist to it. So you kind of get that range of values there. And if, if you feel like one thing is less likely or more likely than the other, then you can just adjust the, the D6, essentially. So... If you think it's more likely to happen, you could just roll one and two as a no, and then three through six as a yes. So that's what I do. Um, it's It's been working pretty well. And yeah, curious to hear what you think. And yeah, I'll listen to the rest of the episode. But take care. Hello, Merck. Uh, what you said about uh, not meaning to call in and then forgetting about it, that happens to me all the time. Or, or what also happens a lot is I will mean to call in and I'll jot down a couple of notes of what I want to say and then I'll delay and then a, a call-in episode will come out on that same show and somebody else will say what I was going to say. So it's like, oh, well, okay. I guess I don't need to make that call. <laughs> but I appreciate any and all call-ins and feedback and I appreciate you calling in. Uh, oracles. Oracles are very interesting. It's... I like this the the ability to do the sort of the sliding scale. So if yes or no is more likely, you can do that. That's something that I my oracle really can't do. It's the the yes, a solid yes and no were locked in. You could fiddle with the along the edges to get the yes, the yes and or the yes but or the yes or the no and no but situation in there. Maybe a little, little more, a little less. I think I discussed that recall, uh, answering a question to, to Daniel about the same thing or a response from Daniel. Uh, I like that. Uh, 
Uh, it's a good oracle if you want the the yes and, yes but, no and, no but to be sort of an equal chance as pure yes or pure no. So if you want there to be more complications, setbacks, that can make for a much more interesting and dynamic answer when you when you roll than just what I'm what I'm doing with my oracle, which has those are those are those are much lesser chances. The yes and, and the yes the, the ands and the buts. <laughs> so yeah, it's interesting how oracles can be pushed around, and manipulated. Uh, Daniel had some interesting points when he called called in in the in the previous episode. So thank you for that. Uh, I always like you know thought provoking ideas about that, particularly when it comes to how mechanics can kind of affect the flow of a game or ideas because a lot of the the older school style especially is based on you know rolling dice on random tables and and deciding what that means and you know or taking the result and how does that fit into your world so I think that fits in real well with that kind of with that kind of play, creative type of play so that's very exciting so thank you again appreciate it Hey, Pink Phantom, Daniel from Bandits, keep calling in. Number one, those uh, fate or fudge dice that you have with the with the heartbeat, that sounds amazing. Mine are just pluses and minuses. Now I need those dice, even though I've never used my other ones. Yes, yes, dice are addicting. Uh, number two, muster. So this is interesting, right? The idea of playing the game and long term and this and that. But I thought your comments were actually more interesting than the book for me at this moment because... You know, the idea of it, right, When we, if you came to somebody and said, hey, can you spare, spare four hours every week to play D&D? I think a lot of people would, their first gut reaction would be like, no, you know, you know, adults, working adults, whatever, how you want to say it. But I think that what it comes down to is priorities, right? We have to decide what we want to do. We only have so much time. If I want to practice a hobby, I want to, you know, learn how to play the guitar, I want to exercise, I want to, you know watch my favorite sports team or whatever, I, but I only have so many hours that I'm not working, not doing other obligations, let's say for family or whatever. So I have to decide where I want to spend my time. And I think that that's what people have to do. And it's, you know, and, and it seems almost a little bit mean to say that, but I've had that situation with people where I've talked to them and they didn't, they didn't want to make the commitment. I say, okay, I'm starting a campaign. It's weekly on these days. And they're like, oh, I can't do every week. And that's, that's fine. It's good if people know that. And I think as players, we should be honest. This is where the situation I'm in right now. I'm, my schedule is kind of in flux. So I've been offered uh, several times that people have been pointed out campaigns that were running that people could join or you know straight up offered. And I haven't been able to do it because I know that I won't be able to commit because I have other things going on. But if when it comes down to it, if I really, really get the itch and I really want to join a campaign, then you know I'll find the time to do it and I'll sacrifice something else. Maybe I won't watch every game and I'll just listen to the recap or maybe I'll, you know, move around a different hobby instead of doing something on this day, I'll do something on another day. And I think that's just the nature of it. Uh, you know, they say, they say, as always, that most like D&D campaigns and stuff end up breaking up because of exactly that, right? Scheduling and timing. So I do think that's the hardest part. I think the reason why we didn't have that problem in my group as kids is because, not because kids have so much time, but because we didn't take it too seriously. We didn't play every week. Sometimes we play every day for a week. Sometimes we wouldn't play for two or three weeks. And it was a much more loose schedule. But I think as an adult, it's hard to do that because I feel like 
with obligations in life, many of us just won't do it <laughs> if we don't have it on the schedule. That's what I've learned anyways. That's why I prefer weekly. Uh, I also prefer shorter games. I feel like, especially because I play a dis- decent amount online, but even in person, I-, I actually think weekly shorter games is is a better option for me than bi-weekly longer games. It just, it's easier for me to go, oh man, I'm really busy today, but I can pull two hours to the side to do it, you know, because that's normally time I might watch TV or look at YouTube videos. I can just not do that that day and play D&D for two hours. But four hours does become a larger commitment, especially if you're, let's say, playing online and you have a family and you have to like step away from them and sit in a room for four hours by yourself. It does seem a little bit odd. (laughs) I would think if, you know, that for some people, I think they might have trouble doing that on a regular basis. But I think two hours is... Again, it's a movie. It's like, oh, you guys watch that movie that you want to see. I'm going to go play D&D, and then I'll step back out. So, yeah, it's a really interesting topic, anyways, that came out of Muster, which I still need to sit down. Also, great, you keep shouting out uh, Todd from Hex Press. He does a great job reading through the books. I am so far behind on it. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, he does a good job. He reads through, like, practically every page. I don't know if he's doing that on this one, which is interesting. It's a different way of approaching it. A little slower, a little deep dive. I kind of like what you're doing as well, though, picking out kind of the the parts that you think are, are conversation pieces. It seems like that's what you're doing anyways. All right. Anyways, cool. One more. What else? What else? Oh, the orcs. Very exciting. <laughs> I'm excited for the orc attack. I love how you figured it out. You know, it, it's funny because I think that that process is something that more DMs should listen to because I think those of us that that have done it for a long time do pretty much what you did in our heads and we don't even realize we're doing it. We're thinking, okay, where could the orcs have come from? You know, and you might just decide or in the end what's what's cool or you might roll like you did it, but you're thinking about that. Like, well, if they came from the north, how could they do this if they came from the south? So I really love that you work that out because it very much does echo, I think, what happens in the back of my head when, the, when something happens at the, at the game table. And it's good to, you know, I often say that, uh, well, I say a lot apparently because this is a long message. I often say that like, you, the reason why I like procedural games is because once you get the procedures down, they kind of go away and they're in the back of your head. And this is uh, this is basically a procedure. It's one that you created, but it is a procedure now you can take into account whenever some you know uh, force comes to 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 set siege. Okay, where would they have come from? Let's uh, you know let's eliminate things that would be eliminated. Let's narrow it down to the ones that. Uh, are possible and then figure out the likelihood and let's roll. So great job on that. I'm looking forward to the battle, which is going to happen. I was hoping the orcs were going to come up the road because, you know, I was thinking at that point, maybe there'd be a chance the your light riders would have seen them, but who knows, right? Maybe next time. <laughs> Talk to you later. You did say a mouthful there, Daniel, <laughs> but I appreciate all of it. It was really, it was really, really good, good stuff you had there. It, and what, what you're saying about, you know, finding time and creating time, and, and making the time for that kind of gaming. I, I think that's one of the reasons why there's, there's been a lot more, you know, talk about a lot more popularity, maybe in the idea of the open table where people can come and go. There's not necessarily that exact set schedule, uh, especially the, the, the West marches version where the players actually figure out, okay, who wants to do to pursue this, this hook, this, this quest, and they figure out, you know, their own schedules, and then sit, then work with the dungeon master to to set up that date, that time, to have that adventure. I think that's something there. You're kind of offloading that part of the load, managing the group from the dungeon master, or or offloading the idea that it has to be on a specific date or time. 
having more flexibility. And of course, that's only going to work if you have, you know, a body of players enough that people can play on a consistent basis at times that, that suit them. Because if you don't, people are going to migrate away and it falls apart. But that's, you know, finding that time is a big deal. And I think online play, I think, has complicated that even more because another thing that I've been seeing a lot in, you know, kind of the 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 different social media D and D circles that I've that I monitor and, and look at and, and have message see messages from. There's been a lot of debate about no prep, low prep, you know, high prep DMing, how you prepare for a game, how much time you put into it, the way you do it, uh you know, because that's time too that the the GM has to has to figure out. How am I going to prepare for the game and then the actual game session itself? And the online play can can make that even harder if you're using one of the virtual tabletops that's more designed for for RPGs that has you know things like dynamic lighting so that players can't see areas that their characters can't see yet. And you know maps that represent what the what the area they're going to be exploring looks like. Uh, if you're using some of the automated features that help, maybe speed up play in terms of combat and skill checks and things like that. Having to to put the monsters in and put the fill in the stuff on the on the character sheets and some of that could be offloaded to the players with their own characters, but a lot of that falls on the GM. So the GM has to put in the time to to upload that, and of course. A lot of these VTTs, they have a paid model. They're trying to make money. They're, they, you know, it's a business. If you want to use it, it, ones that can't just be hosted on one person's computer. And so, if you're using, if it's something that you can't justify uh, the cost of, and you're just using the free version, then the assets you can use are limited in terms of usually in space. So you have to pull stuff down, upload stuff fix stuff, get stuff ready. And then there's the navigating of the interface part itself. I've heard that on some live plays that I've listened to where where somebody's interface isn't working right or they don't know where something is because they haven't used that particular part of it yet. So people are having to navigate through. And that takes away from the gaming time because you're doing the 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 interface. You're you're doing uh, you know, kind of tech support. <laughs> So and all that factors in because, like you say, there's only so much time. If you have a two-hour block for gaming and you spend, you know, ten or fifteen minutes kibitzing around at the beginning and end, or maybe you get off track in the middle, some kind of end joke, or you spend another ten minutes, five or ten minutes, a couple of times trying to trying to navigate the interface or trying to set things up where a map doesn't come up right, then that takes away from your two hours. You know, you've, you've spent 15 minutes kibitzing, you spent 10 minutes fiddling with the interface, and now you're a half hour down. So you're only going to get an hour and a half of play in. So that all factors in, and that's uh, me saying a lot about you saying a lot. <laughs> and I appreciate what you said about me working stuff out. I like working some of that stuff out in my head. It's, you know, sometimes it's stuff that just pops up. It's like, okay, well, how did they get here? What, you know, where are we? That's one of the things I like about rolling on some of the random tables that we that I've been doing is figuring out, you know, what that means for broader strokes for the world as the world is being developed. I haven't developed a lot of the world along beyond the immediate vicinity 
and that could have impacts later. Say, oh, well, this this makes sense for this. That's something that could have implications down the road without planning it out in advance. So that's that's an interesting interesting avenue I've been going over, you know, in in my mind or you know scratching ideas down on paper and things like that. So thank you for the call. Always appreciate when you call in. Always good thought provoking provoking stuff. Hey, great show. Episode 74. Really enjoyed it. And I love the fact that 75 might be the big work work battle. So very fortuitous. And I'm looking forward to hearing it. Take care and keep up the great work. If I don't talk to you before then, have a happy holidays and a wonderful new year. The orc battle. Yeah, it was fantastic, and I haven't had time to put everything together for a podcast, so there's not going to be, unfortunately, uh, a review of what happened in the orc battle this week. Uh, I've still got to put things together. I decided, <clears throat> as I did with the bandit, with the brigand versus uh, nomad battle, again, to do everything in AD&D and do it single person instead of you know, combining people one to ten and things like that. Uh, just I wanted to see, you know, push it one more time and see how long it took. And it took. I think it in the battle, actual battle ended up taking about six hours, six or seven hours. But it was. Some some of that was ma- just manipulating sort of the pieces of trying a different way of representing the forces on the board. And, and I think it worked out well from for me being able to to see what's going on and 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 move stuff around and everything but it it was a little more fiddly than I liked it than I would like it to be it didn't work quite as well i have some i'd like some flat uh you know not plastic but flexible terrain that i laid down on a on a little game mat and i had some little cardboard pieces that i was putting some 8 millimeter dice on to represent the different forces and trying to push them around, but there's just enough. The the terrain is just thick enough that you're having to raise stuff up and dice slide with this way and that way. So it didn't work quite as well as I expected where I thought I could build just push units around the board. I'm still going to experiment with that. I'll probably, with these big forces now, I'll probably start going to some, something else, something else that's a little more manipulable. Uh, I ended up doing a lot more. There was a lot of calculating doing uh you know, the various pluses and minuses and weapon versus armor and, and morale. There was a lot of calculations for morale, so there was a lot of stopping and starting. So the, the actual play, pushing pieces around, probably was just, I don't know, maybe a couple, three hours worth. If I was a little more, if I had been, I thought I was more organized than I was, but just looking stuff up, and some of that was the way I organized the forces. I organized the forces a couple of different ways and wasn't, wasn't quite as straightforward as I thought it would be in play. So no, no uh, tales of the dragon slayers this week. Uh, sorry about that, everyone. Uh, but just the weekend kind of filled up and got away from me. So that would, then that's when I get a lot of this stuff done to take care of it. But I have got a lot of the things kind of organized and written up and should have a good, good recap on the next, next episode. But uh, thanks for the call in, Jason. It's always good to hear from you. Uh, yes, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, uh, Happy Hanukkah, Merry Kwanzaa, wh- whatever you celebrate, however you celebrate with whoever you celebrate with. Uh, you know, Happy Festivus, Happy Festivus for the rest of us, everyone. 
and to everyone out there, uh, happiest of holidays to you and yours. Hope you get to spend time with family, friends, loved ones. Uh, hope you get a chance to do some gaming if that's something you enjoy doing with people around the holidays. Uh, if you don't, if holidays are a break for you from gaming, which it is for a lot of people with the travel and sort of the added social obligations, uh, hope you find something to scratch that itch. Uh, a movie or a TV show or a, or a podcast. Hey, a podcast. Imagine that. Or, you know, a book or just, you know, rolling some dice and making some characters that you may never use. <laughs> Hope you get a little little uh, gaming goodness in with your holidays. Uh, this will be the last podcast, obviously, that I issue before uh, Christmas. So I hope everyone has a great one. And you know what? I'm going to use that to sew up the show. Uh, I appreciate all my callers. I think this is the first time I've done a call-in only show. Uh, we'll uh, pick it back up next week. Hopefully we'll have, well, we'll, for sure we'll have the work battle and should have some more muster. We're getting to the end. I'm starting to wonder if I'm going to get to the end before Todd of Hex Press does because he's put out a, yet another episode this week. I don't know how far along he got. I think the previous one, he actually moved ahead of where I was. So, <laughs> But it's not a race and it's exciting and, and I'm enjoying it. And when I pick, pick this to do for OctoSR, I had no idea how in-depth I was getting. But it's it's been a very interesting ride. And thanks for those of you who have been on it with me. Uh, if you're out there and you'd like to respond to this episode or any other, uh, all the ways you can do that are listed in the show notes. And they're about to come up at the end right here. So thank you for listening. For everyone who does, whether you ever respond to me or not, I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you to those who call. Thank you to those who call frequently. Thank you to those who call infrequently. Thank you to those who only called in once. I appreciate all of it. It's all fantastic. It's a great hobby with some great people around it. It's always good to hear new voices and new ideas as well as familiar voices. So until next time, thank you for listening. The opening music of this podcast is Strength of the Titans, and the closing music is Late Night Radio, both by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 License. Thank you for listening to Phantom Thoughts. I would love to hear your feedback. You don't have to be part of the show. If you want to contact me and let me know, hey, these are for your eyes only. I just wanted to give you thoughts, ideas, response, and it's really for your eyes or ears only, that's absolutely fine. I'd love to hear from you either way. So just let me know when you contact me. Just I don't want to be part of the show. There are lots of different ways you can contact me. You can send me an email at phantomthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. And that can be a regular email, or you can attach an audio file to it. You can use the message button on my podcast site on podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash phantom thoughts. You can contact me via my Google voice number 864-209-1441. You can contact me via SpeakPipe at www.speakpipe.com slash phantom thoughts. You can contact me on Discord, The Pink Phantom. All this contact information is listed in the show notes of every episode. And thank you for those who call in. Thank you for those who don't call in. 
I appreciate you listening and hope you'll listen again next time. Until then, I hope you have a great day.